Hello and welcome to another episode of Devil in the Detail podcast. I think episode 13 now. I'm Deck and I'm joined as always by my co-host in Dill. Hello, that's that's a good omen, isn't it? I feel like that's a good number for this for what we're going to talk oh, about yeah. today. I feel like number 13's perfect. It really does fit. It sets a tone, doesn't it? Exactly, it yeah. does. And we've got a jam-packed episode as always Full as of you could fun. expect. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to break down the Brentford game. We're going to talk about Ronaldo and uh, United apparently open to terminating his contract. All the strikers that we've been linked to. Uh, United seemingly open to selling Garner. Sooness, it's a man's game comments and a look ahead to Liverpool in the next uh, few games as well. So, let's start at the... I mean, it's just a repeat of last week, isn't it? Literally. Even worse, even. Yeah, it, it... We're on about this, it's a bit of a peep behind the curtain for you boys and girls. Yesterday or the day before, me and Det were like, what are we going to talk about this week? And then we were saying, it's just the same shit over and over again, isn't it? It's literally just the same thing. Just same shit, different team, slightly different scoreline. That's it. It's just carried over from last season. Like, for the past year, it's been like this. Um, yeah, an, an absolute shocker. Just a shocker. Yeah, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go point by point. Yeah, so the talking might, yeah. points. The talking points that I've got. I've got players not trying, and then the, you've you've seen the 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 distances that the disparity in the different distances that have covered playing out from the back. And is Martinez too small? I've got those yeah, three yeah. big talking points that that have been um, that were most spoken about. I think on on social media. So let's go first with are the players actually not trying now they ran 8.5 miles less than brentford which is a lot we did have 67 percent possession didn't do anything with that um it didn't fact, seem the, like it did it yeah in fact all. our possession was especially at the back was actually to the detriment yeah um but yeah is it are these players actually not trying or i mean because if you go player by player De Gea, I think... It's hard for a goalkeeper not to try, really, isn't it? Yeah, Because they don't really have to exactly. do a lot. Yeah, bar them like not diving or just letting goals go in. You can't really yeah. say... You know what I mean? Yeah, I th- I think he does care. Delo mm. should care. I mean, he's only just broken into the, the team. Maguire is the captain. Martinez is a new transfer. You you would imagine that, that he'll be trying. I mean, he's, he's just signed. Shaw, I don't know. Fred, he always seems like he's just not got the quality but the the efforts there Ericsson, another new try uh, new signing bruno he throws his arms about enough and complains yeah. to the referee that looks like he's trying mm. sancho uh, I, I don't, don't to be honest i think they all do i think they all do yeah, try i just think it gets to the point where you're like 2-0 down and they've just they've been shot to bits that badly and they've got such a lack of belief in the team the squad the club and themselves that they just they, they just crumble straight away like it, it's I don't know what it is. It's like when we were under Ollie, like in the good old days, I mean, we're finishing second and losing in cup finals. That's the good old days for us now. Like we'd go 1-0 down and maybe it was because there was no fans there. I don't know. But you'd see them, they'd be up for it. And it's like after that bad couple of months under Ollie, just all the confidence is gone. And no matter who's there or who's trying to motivate them, they can't get it back. So it was like they were trying. And then a couple, this is a thing that I said in my video as well. Them them first two goals do happen. It's unacceptable. Mm. It's going to make every fan fume, especially fans that aren't fans of De Gea like me. But 
it happens, but it's how you recover from that. Like if we would have recovered and, you know, just tried a bit more and maybe like lost 3-1 or 4-2, do you know what I mean? Or got a bit unlucky yeah. and it just wasn't your day at the office. It does happen. It happens to the best teams in the world, not just us. But it's just that utter lack of belief in anything that we got to the point where 90 minutes had passed and we'd had, what, two chances like we were talking about just before mm. we recorded? Ronaldo with that header over the bar and Ericsson were both kind of half chances really. And that's what worries me. Like, I can take the individual mistakes, I can take the errors because I know this team isn't very good and I'm not expecting great and big things from them. But it's just the lack of belief and effort that scares me. And this is what I mean. I don't think it is effort because at the start, we started okay the first few minutes, but we started all right. And then that De Gea howler goes in. It's like all the heads just drop. And De Gea said that himself, so he knows that's what it's like in the dressing room. Yeah. So I don't think it's for a want of trying. This is what I'm saying. It's not like these players... 99% of them, other, maybe, other than maybe Ronaldo and sometimes Bruno, think they're too good for this team or think they're, they're the bollocks because they know they're not. They know they've got to fight for the place, they've got to fight for the new manager. So I genuinely just think it's a mentality thing. Like They've been that beaten down over the past 12 months or so, excuse me, that they've just got nothing left in the tank and they can't mentally recover from it. And when you go 2-0 down at a game like that, it's a bit of a hostile atmosphere. I mean, it's not Galatasaray away, you know, but like... The fans are always up for it. It's quite a small stadium, really close to the pitch. You know, people who are fans of Brentford are fans of Brentford. There's no tourists there. And it can just be, I don't know, it's just like they're scared, they're timid, and they've just got, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, yeah. I think that, I think looking at the biggest, you could see a massive disparity yesterday between the, the Spurs Chelsea game. Yeah. Like watching that, Spurs would, for, probably 70 minutes of that match were played off the park but because they had determination to stay in the game defended well defensively you could see they were playing with heart they managed to stay in the game and they actually they got a result from it if that was united being dominated for 70 minutes against a quality team like chelsea they'll be they'll be 2-0 up 3-0 up with with just in cruise control yeah yeah i think it is just a a matter of, of self-confidence, like you say, when they go 1-0 down, the heads drop, they know what's coming and it does come. Like, yeah. I think it's it's also the confidence uh, in terms of players almost not wanting to be on the ball. Yeah, and like talk the, about this more... scared like, of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Not taking responsibility, not having belief in themselves. Like, yeah. the, the, the most prominent... When that's most prominent is passing out from the from the back because obviously if you lose the ball higher up you don't really notice if you lose the ball in your defensive third then you notice because they're more likely to have a, a have a get a shot away but i think the most dip- disappointing and the thing i just could not understand i don't know if you've seen it was they literally threw it down the line at one point and there was nobody there like they threw it down the line and they um th- there was no one marking and he was able to dribble the ball into the box and get a cross away but nothing came of it but i've never seen a football match even like sunday league where somebody can just throw it down the line and be completely untested it, I, it was yeah. the most mental thing i've seen for a long time on a football pitch i didn't see that but it equally doesn't surprise me at all it really doesn't <sighs> yeah so i mean in terms of the 8.5 miles ran less than Brentford, I think possibly that 
has something to do with the amount of possession that we did have. Because, I mean, I think a team with more possession does tend to run less. Yeah, of course. Um, that, that's just how football works. But still, you don't see City and Liverpool with numbers like that, really, do you? Yeah, no, no, you don't. I mean, in a high press, when we haven't got the ball as well, you'd expect the numbers to be to be more similar. But I wouldn't focus... There's a bit, a lot, been a lot of people focusing on that, the disparity in the distances. I think the visual the visual worry is more uh, is more worrying than the statistic in, in yeah. terms of the distance, I think, for me. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to... Because we touched on it a bit already, passing out from the back. Like, I think... In terms of people, like like say, players hiding, it seems. Like players not wanting to accept responsibility. Players not wanting to be on the ball. There were times where they just wouldn't create the angle. Um, they wouldn't create the angle to, to, to be able to receive the ball. They were hiding behind players. Mm. And you literally can't function like that. No, are you, are you on about more from like goal kicks or in general? Uh, I think it was most prominent in, in goal kicks. Yeah. Like you, it, McTominay gets gets. Um... McTominay's really bad for it, but we can't yeah. really blame it on him on him because he didn't no, start. I did didn't he? start, did he? I think. Oh, sorry. By the way, if I look distracted for the last thirty seconds, it's because Zaha's just put Palace one up away at Anfield. So I was he... I was excited about that. Sorry, boys. Yeah. Um, we're, great we're, yeah, finish. We're recording, by the way. On we're recording this during Monday Night Football, and we said we'd have it on the background just to see. You know, mm-hmm. it won't distract us. We'll turn the sound off, and then Zaha puts it in. Um, but anyway, that's a little bonus for us. Uh, you know, by the time this is out, Liverpool have probably won five-one or something. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's with, with the goal kicks, man. I don't from the from the couple of like bigger instances I've seen. Like I watched the start of Monday Night Football tonight, and Carragher did a really good piece on it. Actually, it's it, it is De Gea not playing the right pass. The two got like the two or three main times we lost yeah. the ball from goal kicks. No, it is like you look at oh, the uh, yeah, it is no, it uh, it is trash by De Gea, but. I don't. Th- he's not the only culprit. Maguire, do you remember that time where he, he made a pass? This wasn't from a goal kick, but he made mm. the pass and then ended up getting the yellow card right on the edge of the box. He made not the really, wrong pass. No. Was that it- what game was? It? Oh, was that this game? Yeah, yeah, this game. Yeah, he yeah, passed yeah. it straight. He passed it straight to them um, when trying to trying to uh, pass to Ericsson. and then or or I'm trying to remember the situation maybe I, I know what you're on about I know we I know we got booked yeah but anyway yeah and then he had to make a last ditch challenge where you know he, he yeah he, he was he nowhere near the it, ball was nowhere he? near the ball and got a yellow card yeah and, and people do I mean I understand yeah De Gea obviously terrible distribution we all know that but I mean people applaud it Harry Maguire as being one of the best well some United fans I would say is one of the best being on the ball yeah I think, I think he, he can, can be, be good I yeah. think no. Nah, I think he can be good when he's given time and space. When when you Brentford were were pressing us really high, and in those situations, I really don't think when he hasn't got time to to think and you know take a few touches, ping those long diags because he is good at that. But mm. when he's under pressure, I really don't think he is I, on, good on the ball I at think, all. I think that's more of a general point as well about I think the confidence of the team will affect that too. Like with everyone, do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not trying yeah. to protect Maguire. I know he can be fucking shit at times, and he has been this season. I'm not his biggest hater, and I'm not his biggest fan. I'm just a bit indifferent on him. I think he's a good defender, and he gets a bit of a bad rap for what he is. But I think, like with every single player we've just spoke about, the lack of confidence must affect your your ability to do that. Do you know what I mean? 
if you've just seen De Gea give away a goal and you, and then just how bad the whole team looks on the ball, then that's going to surely affect you. But um, I didn't know, are you going to, did you want to touch on De Gea from the two or three goal kicks he had? Because I, I, I want to touch on it quickly, if that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. So, the, the, sorry, go on. Who do you want to go first? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the goal, the second goal. So okay, De, Gea, yeah. De Gea received the ball and his body position, he's that bad of a footballer with his feet that he just he doesn't look natural on the ball at any single point. Like his feet are so close together. He takes a terrible touch and puts it straight in front of him to the point where the only ball that's on is Ericsson. But if he just does a little quick scan before he receives a ball or even when he receives it because there's no one that close to him, then Harry Maguire is in about 20 yards of space off to his right. You've got Maguire to the right near the byline and Delo probably 30 yards far. So Maguire near the near the byline is in, I don't even know what you call it, the fucking goal line or whatever. And then you've got Delo up by the byline about 30 yards further up and there's absolutely no Brentford player in that space. If he plays that ball to Maguire, he can dart into pretty much a midfield, play a ball out to Delo and that's how you play out perfectly to a T. Not overplaying it, two or three passes. One from Martinez to De Gea, De Gea to Maguire, Maguire to Delo and then you're away. But he passes it straight in front of him to Ericsson because it's the easy ball and he's got absolutely no vision as a footballer at all. And then Ericsson's touch is poor as well, I do get that. But it happened a couple of times on Saturday where De Gea's just given the ball away or played the poor pass. And we saw it against Brighton as well. He panics and launches it long. And goals do come from it. The first goal against Brentford comes from De Gea putting the ball out pretty much off a goal kick. We put, I think we put it out for a throw-in. Oh, we win, we win a throw-in in our own half, then we take the throw-in, Brentford win the ball back, they score. The first goal against Brighton comes from De Gea hoofing the ball up long, and then we lose the ball in transition, and this team isn't very good in transition, because none of them are good positionally, and none of them know what they're doing. So I just think it really, it really does affect the team. So I think people shirking responsibility and not taking the ball a lot is a, is a big thing for every single player in this team. But I think the worst one is De Gea, because goals come from it, because it's so close to your own goal. Yeah, I mean, you can't lose a ball in those positions in your own defensive third. And if yeah. we are going to try and play out the back, which is, is quite obvious that we are. I mean, he signed a centre-back that's, that's may, you know, is small, but is very, very good on the ball. Like, yeah. it's quite clear that that is what Ten Hag wants to do. And with De Gea, obviously, that is, it, it looks like it's going to be a problem. Like, I wanted to give De Gea the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, the word doubt's there, but I wanted to give him this season's benefit of doubt, whether he could do that or not i know we haven't seen it so far in his game but still i think um yeah, yeah i'm, I'm, I'm all right with that clear. but it's i know the ability is probably never going to be there and like you said we'll give him the benefit of the doubt with that he might work in it a lot he might be training double sessions trying to work on his passing and it means a lot to him and that's great i hope he is but he probably isn't but anyway but it's it's a mental thing more than anything like not having yeah. the ability you might be able to learn that and and get better at that over time but it's it's a mental block that he has that he has absolutely no confidence within himself he's got to be one of the most mentally weak goalkeepers i've ever seen at this level of football he's got no, he's so fragile isn't he like physically yeah. and mentally like he can he can let one bad thing and he looks like he's that's it for him he's done or like yeah. like i said he plays one bad pass at the start of the game and then for the rest of the game, he just starts hoofing it long instead because his confidence just shot. Which, like, I remember Arsenal a lot for when Arteta first got hold of them. They conceded so many goals from that exact same thing. But they kept trying again, they keep trying again because if you don't, you're never going to learn. You can't just go yeah. long when it doesn't work. Which is why you saw Ten Hag even shout at him in pre-season friendlies that meant nothing against Liverpool because he was even doing it then because he doesn't have the confidence in himself. And, you know... 
Maybe maybe it's a confidence in his teammates as well to play on that half turn and receive the pass. And that's why Ericsson was played against Brentford in that defensive midfield role because Fred and McTominay can't take the ball on the half turn with a back to goal, with the, you know facing yeah. their own goalkeeper with pressure behind them. And that's fine, but he can De Gea can still play a good pass. And then if Ericsson gives it away or Fred gives it away, it's on it's on them then, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think like so- you like. Like we just said at the start, it's it's all mental. Like these footballers, they're not the best, but they are not, you know, mid-table or relegation place footballers. It's just like this team came second and got to the Europa League final like a year and a bit ago. And I know obviously the league's a lot stronger now. Chelsea have come on, Spurs have come on, Arsenal have come on leaps and bounds. But these players are not that bad. They're not actually this bad. It's, I think it's more of a mental thing. It has to be. Yeah, I think in terms of uh, like De Gea, will not try and well, what Edison can do where he dinks a ball over a player and then like there was times where okay there, there was Maguire was behind a player let's see but literally if you dink it over him then he's got loads of space there's nobody around him yeah. De Gea won't have the confidence to do that which <clears> it is when you get in high press that is that that is a way to you go over players to yeah, I wouldn't and, recommend it in Sunday league and they no, say but, you know, no but this is the thing like as a professional goalkeeper a decent a decent level league two footballer could play that pass nine times out yeah. of ten definitely it's, it's like me and you could probably make that pass half the time and it'd probably work to a degree and that's not even yeah. an exact and obviously being in Old Trafford you've got you know maybe Darwin Nunez or Erling Haaland running at you you might think differently and that's fine but it's not that hard of a pass to make for a professional footballer like if he's a goalkeeper or not, he works. He'll still work. He's thirty-one. He's had nearly half of his lifetime at an elite level, probably working on goal kicks and passing and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's not an excuse anymore. Like I get that In- some goalkeepers are better with their feet than others, but it's like De Gea is like a baby. Yeah, yeah. And on on that second goal, a really bizarre thing, just in general, of just how that started, like a centre back passing to the goalkeeper as a first pass from a goal kick. No, that, that's that, bizarre. That, no, that's what Ten Hag does. That's what why? he did at Ajax. Why isn't it? Why is so, it not De Gea passing to Martinez? Why would so you, you so pass to somebody who is wor- the worst in the team on the ball? Yeah, because and have that as your first pass. Yeah, but it's because obviously Ten Hag doesn't see him as the worst passer, and he needs him to not be. So he's going to have to do it. But if you if you picture but it in your head, yeah. But if you picture it, he's in never your head, going to be as good as an outfield player. No. So but, why would you do that as your first pass? It doesn't make sense. If, instead of having De Gea pass to Martinez. If you picture the football pitch in your head now, though, you've got Martinez on one edge of the six yard, Maguire on the other, De Gea in the middle. So if you pass it back to De Gea, he's got so many more options than Martinez would. Mar, if you give that to Martinez and people start pressing, he's probably only got the left back as an outlet, really, or back to De Gea. Whereas if you pass it straight to De Gea, then he's got Martinez, Maguire, mm. Delo, Malassia or Shaw, and whoever no, the DM think... is straight ahead of him. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's to build the play up. So like, if he yeah. plays it to Fred, Fred plays it back to Maguire, out to Delo, then you're out of the pressing free passes. I, I, I really don't think there's that much difference between De Gea passing it to Martinez, who is also on, this, on the left-hand side of the six-yard box where he was when he passed it to De Gea, which was in the centre. You're literally talking about six or seven yards difference that that's it the players obviously can't be within the box on a, on a goal kick so he's got enough time it, the, the right hand side is still open it's only six it's only six or seven yeah yards but, then, but then like i said if 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 the right hand side's the only thing that's open and then they, they just push up on that right hand side then day's gonna have to go long and then give the ball away which relinquishes possession doesn't it like I think if you think about it, that's that's his thinking because he's done it at Ajax for four years and with a competent goalkeeper, it does work. 
A lot of teams do it. It's not just a Ten Hag thing. This is like the Ajax and Barcelona-esque style of football. So I, I've, I've, I, I'm struggling to see the dip, the. I don't know. Can how you not? One can you not see in your head how it like opens? I, I, I know what you're more. saying. You've got he's way more, more central, so he. You've got five you options instead options, of two. But he's got. You say way more options, but he's got Martinez. If you just stay exactly where the the uh, in the position of 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 each player, Martinez is literally on the left hand side of the six yard box. There's not being literally six or seven yards slightly more central. That doesn't. That's not the difference between having the right hand side open if. Martinez on the left-hand side of the six-yard box and not having that option. That is, the, those six yards difference doesn't shut the, the entirety of the, the right-hand side off. Like, no, it just makes it a lot more difficult, though, doesn't it? Because then he's playing like a cross-field pass if he has to go to the right, try to play it over two or three people. So I don't, and, I don't, it, would, it, it would be a much safer option if De Gea could play a pass. It would. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I, why persist with that i understand yeah you've got to persist with trying to play out the back until we can but you can still play out the pack uh, play out the back and still have the first pass different i mean yeah why but, put De Gea under so much under that much pressure yeah but if that's Just what he wants from his goalkeeper it. then that's what he wants it's just, it's the same with every manager isn't it like how many goalkeepers did pep go for at man city till he got a perfect goalkeeper I don't, you know what I, mean? how, I don't know what I mean. No, no, I know, no, I know, no, I know. But like, e- equally, you shouldn't, we shouldn't have to change his like regimented style of play he's had for his whole career because our goalkeeper's shit. Do you know what well, I mean? I don't. I don't see how it's that different. Honestly, I don't see. I can see how it's slightly better. You've got a slightly better angle, but it's six yards different at the end of the day. Like, I don't yeah, see how I don't it's know. that I think different. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think it's bizarre, especially considering De Gea's um, just how how poor he is. Having yeah, you can, you have can't, De Gea there as an option. You can't protect him though, can he? I don't. It's not protecting. I think the the majority of uh, the majority of times, the majority of managers, it would be uh, goalkeeper to centre back. Like I get, is is in the is in the middle, in, in, but literally Martinez was. On the left-hand side of the six-yard box, that's that's it. We're talking a difference in terms of yards. We're talking, it, like I say, it's not it's not going to shut the entirety of the right-hand side off for me. Like and me playing as a playing as a centre back, I know obviously I'm nowhere near the standard, right? No, I've played it. I like know you're district probably not level. far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, true. I've, I've played at district level, but I would never, never receive. Uh, Pass to my goalkeeper from a goal kick, like never, like it's that's bizarre to me. Yeah, that's like, very different, though, isn't it? I know you've already said that, but it is very different. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how that 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 angle, the the six yards worth of angle, is. Yeah, well, Ten Hag will probably it, just more have beneficial. An, he'll probably just have an idea in his head of that. The, the, coaches like Pep, Klopp, and and. Um... Ten hard coaches like that are so nerdy in how they work, and they have they want everything to be exactly how they want it, don't they? They're like well, Do you think that's going to continue? Do you think he'll do I that? Don't, I don't uh, know. In the next but game? Maybe it will help him learn. I mean, taking responsibility away from him isn't going to help him. Otherwise, he's never going to get to the level he needs to be to stay here, is he? You know what I mean? I know. I know yeah. what you're saying in terms of instant results and try to shield him a bit, but. If he, if he wants to be here and be that good on the ball, gonna, the situations like that are probably going to arise a few times a game anyway just because of how it plays out. 
Do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. But look, look, but, like, like, look how it it happened. No, it, no, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think you can't just shield players. Like no one else has been yeah, protected. So why I'm should not they even, be? I'm not even talking about shielding. I know I'm probably going around in a, in a circle here, but I don't. In terms of the system, I don't see how there's that much. It, the benefit I think is marginal. Like yeah. I don't see in terms of the system. I don't see because every, no keeper should be better than their centre back on the ball. So what what you gain in terms of a slight angle in terms of six yards more centrally to to a centre back who's better on the ball, um, being you know just just six more yards more left. I don't think it shuts off the angle considering that the players have to be outside the box, start outside the box anyway. Yeah, I think the right hand side is still open. I don't get in terms of the system why that would ever be the case. Like, but anyway, I mean, it, we we can agree to disagree on that one, I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh, so let's move on to Cristiano Ronaldo. Um. Just this is completely bizarre to me, honestly. Um. That United are, re, re, well, reports coming out from the Athletic and others, Sky Sports, and then Sky Sports deleted it for for some reason. But it was. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, they reported it and then deleted it. Whether it was communication from the club, I don't know. But the Athletic have reported. Um. That apparently he eats by himself in the canteen, mm-hmm. uh, and that he's throwing his arms around on the training pitch, and he doesn't agree with what Ten Hag's asking him to do in, in particular, the high press style. Um, Just get rid of him. Just get rid of him. I've had enough. I've well, had enough. He's not worth it. He isn't. He's not that good, is he? What did he do on uh, What did he do on Saturday? Fuck all. He didn't drag yeah, the well, team I up. think we. I, I, if we were linked to players that I think were adequate, I would say get rid of him. Yeah, no, but, I get, I get that, but now it's gone past the point of even that for me now, where I genuinely think the club would just be better, a better place on the field and off it if he just wasn't here. Because like, even if we didn't sign a striker, yeah, because like Rash has been linked with a move away, and I don't want him to go because of that reason that we've got no other options, and I'm not confident we replace him. But he's not a detriment to the squad and the team and everything like Ronaldo is, is he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just he's he's affecting it. Like if if you look at if you look at the common denominator between any of like whenever there's an issue with Maguire or an issue with Bruno or an issue with the manager, Ronaldo's always involved. Yeah, he isn't happy that Maguire's got the captain's armband. He's not happy with how Bruno links up with him. He's not happy with Ten Hag's style of play. All these big issues always come back to him. They always do. He's got, there's more hassle than it's worth. And this is what I mean. If it was like Mbappe or someone like that, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. He's worth it. But he's not that good anymore. And that's why, like we said, like I've been saying for weeks, that's why no one wants him because he brings problems on the pitch in terms of how he affects your style of play and is a detriment to your team. And then off the pitch, he's just a fucking bitch. Like eating yeah. lunch on your own. You're a 37-year-old grown man with fucking four or five kids. Do you know what I mean? Stop acting yeah. like a petulant little child. And this is the thing, like, it's not his, it's not Ten Hag's fault or the player's fault that he's still there. If you read reports in The Athletic that are spot on on absolutely everything, and sorry, kids, if you're 12 years old, you can say this is bullshit and go and fucking bow down to your shrine of Goldbridge and De Gea if you want. But, it, like, it, the club, Joel Glazer is the only thing keeping him at this club. The Glazers are the only thing keeping him at this club. He wants to go, Ten Hag wants rid of him, and the players want rid of him. The only thing keeping at this club is the Glazers because they know how much he's worth commercially. Because they know how much shirts he sells, how good he is for adverts and PR. That's the only reason he's still at this football club. So once again, we've got another manager being undermined two months into his reign by the owners. 
for money. That's it. So you're willing to pay him 400 grand a week for not fucking playing and being a bitch and affecting the old team because he brings in more shirt sales than anyone else. It's just absolutely mental. So Ten Hag has actually wanted rid of him for months because he'd rather just rip the plaster off and just manage without him than him being a knobhead around the training pitch. He wants to go, his agent wants him to go, and it's come out today that the other United players would like to see him go because they're sick of his shit and how he brings everyone down. Like, it's no wonder that the morale's so low when you've got this fucking walking grump around all the time. Like, it came out, yeah, it came out again today that there was a massive bust-up between all the players at Carrington on Thursday. And then is there any wonder that they're not fighting for each other and not playing for each other? And I'm not saying that's a fault of Ronaldo, but that's not going to help. It, that comes down to all of them. But the morale has got considerably, considerably worse at this club since Ronaldo's come in. Because we've had bad moments under Oli before, before Ronaldo was there and we've recovered from it. Do you know what I mean? I just, I, I just can't yeah. be doing with him anymore. I just don't think he's worth it. And he's tarnishing his legacy. And I'm going to be honest, I don't see him as a club legend anymore. I couldn't give a fuck about him. I would have preferred it if he never came back because he's just completely ruined it now. He had a decent season last season, given the circumstances. But apart from that, he's, just, he's brought nothing but bad press to the club. Yeah, I, I do agree. In terms of... Well, I agree with some of it. I guess before... I was just focusing on whether it would be like the, my love for him is gone for how he's kind of treated the, this transfer window. But I was just literally operating on will it be a net negative to the uh, team performance or a net positive if he stays? And I mm. was basing it on okay, in terms of we've got hardly any striker options. If we do get a striker in, I'd let him go. But like you say, it's difficult to to know whether the benefit of him leaving in possibly the team morale going up, because obviously what Ronaldo can bring to the team, if the morale of the team goes up and players start playing, because I imagine in terms of, you were talking about confidence issues in terms of playing out from the back. I can't imagine it does the players' confidence good if he's throwing his hands around, you know, calling his... If you've got somebody that's probably, a lot of these players, idols. Yeah, like, like having a go at you on the... And... Exactly, having a go at you on the training pitch, who's literally who who you you do look up to. I know there was reports last season about that you know players not listening to Ronaldo and stuff like that. But you know, if you are if you're a football fan, especially if you're associated with Manchester United, you know Ronaldo will be will be your idol, or you'll you'll hold him in like in very high regard at least. Yeah. Um, then to have him moaning at you on the training ground saying you shit and stuff like that, it can't be. It can't be good for your uh, for no. self confidence. And who, so. who who does he think he is as well? Calling out the manager in training, like having, yeah. imagine having the fucking nerve. Like I I get paid what twenty five grand a year or something like that in my job. I won't go up to my manager who I'm actually friends with and go, "You're doing this wrong. You should be doing yeah. that." Do you know what I mean? He's paid four hundred grand a week to fucking do what he's told and play football, and he can't even do that. Or maybe you know, have a quiet word with him behind the scenes and say, "Boss, I just want to talk to you about this." Not having to go at him in training in front of everyone like his fucking king dick, because no one sees him in that light anyway. He's not the captain. He brings everyone down, and no one wants him there. So I don't get what he thinks he's doing, unless he's just trying to do everything he can and make the club let him leave. You know what I mean? He's just trying to be as, as disruptive yeah. as possible. Bar that, coming out in an, in an interview and saying he wants to go, he's done pretty much everything he can at this point. Well, that's what I, that's what I don't understand from the situation anyway. So what? Threatening to terminate a player's contract who's yeah, openly wants his contract Don't terminated. threaten me with a good time. Yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No, that's what he all. wants. But that's what I'm saying. I think Ten Hag's had that en enough of it already and the rest of the players have that that'd make more sense in keeping him. 
because it would help yeah. the team more. And I've, and I've, and it's a bad do when he it, Ten Hag's ready to let him go with, when he's got no guaranteed replacement for him. That shows how bad it must be. I think. Yeah. And one thing that I actually I haven't heard anyone, um, well, many people say this is the fact that if he did want out. I don't understand why he didn't include a Champions League clause in his contract if we don't get Champions League. Yeah. So it's his own fault in terms of you know wanting United to, to terminate a contract, wanting a move and at United. It's his own fault and his agent's fault for when he signed the contract, not having the Champions League. I'm, it's bizarre. Yeah, that he like has a it. release clause or something. So, if I mean, it should be up to the club. If you've honoured a contract, if you've, uh, you've signed a contract for, uh, for two years... You haven't got the Champions League clause in there, then it's it's your your you and your own agent's fault for signing that that contract without that clause in there. You yeah. can't just expect okay, United have done done shit. You've been part of that last season. You can't just expect them to be like, oh, okay, yeah, because you want Champions League football. The re- by the way, every other player in that starting eleven and in that squad would want Champions League football as well. Yeah, no, pretty so used to it why, after the careers have had so far. Yeah, exactly, but. I mean, I don't know why you have the divine right to. I know you're in the the twilight of your career, but I don't know why you have the divine right after signing the contract. You're literally on the same. You've got the same standing as any other player in the, in that Man United squad. That that's the problem, um, isn't it? He's not humble enough and you know, self aware enough to think I'm just another player in this system now. Like you look at like the great Pep teams. Did Messi ever? Did Messi ever seem like he was he was the guy? Like obviously in terms of the best player he was. But he didn't, you know, put himself across like that. He was just another cog in the system. You know what I mean? These great pep yeah. teams at City as well. Again, like, does De Bruyne ever look like that? Or is he just another cog in the system? So why does he think he's so special? I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. It's, I every, don't it's everything I guess... he says, though, isn't it? Like, you asked Messi about the Ballon d'Or. And, like, I remember once there's a quote where he said to Messi, you're happy with, like, your 50th career hat-trick. And he said... I'm not bothered about that, the team won today. And then he asked Ronaldo about stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, personal trophies are really important to me, blah, blah, blah. I'd love it if I won more Ballon d'Ors than Messi, and I think I really deserve it as well. I'd... Do you know what I mean? Just, it's yeah. just He's so focused on himself that that's why his career is going downhill now, I think. I do, um, I do feel like his arrogance has probably got him to where he is. But... Yeah, it has, but he doesn't have the quality to match it anymore, and he should be aware of that now. Yeah, yeah, that's it, self-awareness, I think. Yeah. Literally, it, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'd I think we're, bo- we're both more bit, more in agreement. The, the more the transfer window, the longer the transfer window's gone on, and the more I ca- I don't want another season of just constant reports. Oh, this in the this dressing room. Oh, there's been another bust up. Oh, the fact the the players want uh, want <clears> um, can't understand why Ronaldo's not. The, I don't want another season of that. Just constant shite and yeah well we had one about on. Maguire today didn't we again the yeah, the play- do- yeah aren't happy don't with him understand being captain, why he's captain and retaining his place every week and shit like that but I mean who else would get it I know it's that's like- what I mean like I don't like I said I'm not a massive fan of him but there's no one else who's really there for it like Ronaldo's too self-centered and wants to go Rashford's too inconsistent Sancho's not that kind of player I don't think Bruno's mature enough of himself to be a captain no. Um, McTominay I actually think would be a good captain but he's just not a good enough footballer Yeah, yeah. Fred's a no, Varane doesn't play enough and he seems quite quiet and mentally weak himself, mm. Shaw's quite a quiet character, De Gea is like who have you got after that? Maybe Martinez in a couple of years maybe, I don't know 
Well, that's it. But right now, he has to be. The only other player I would say is because he is going to be here for the season, he is going to play every game, is is De Gea. And whether he's not vocal, like you say, I don't think Maguire doesn't seem that vocal, but no, think... at, least he, at least he accepts responsibility. That's the one thing that infuriated me last season. You know, De Gea come out, yeah, he played absolutely terrible. Yes, he should expect... Uh, um, he should accept the responsibility but at least he came out after the game and said okay i cost the player i cost the team three points which last season when Maguire would have absolute shockers he was there tweeting compilations of him pinging the passes even though it cost us two goals he's there tweeting compilations of him pinging a ball um you know a 30 yard diag or whatever it's yeah. like it, and after on interviews in, in post-match interviews, he would always say, yeah, we didn't do very well. The defence, oh, yeah, the defence was poor or whatever. Never, I need to do better. Like, he'd never took yeah, responsibility Yeah, I, I feel like actions. I'd rather them be vocal and be responsible on the pitch than in a post-match interview, though. Because once it's done, it's done anyway, isn't it? Like, I'd rather them... Like, I, I don't know. I think De Gea is the only other possible candidate. But again, I think that's purely because he's been here that long and he plays kind of in the defence. He's not vocal at all on the pitch, is he? He's, he's Like no, we said, no. he's mentally weak. He's not He's not cut up to be a captain at all. Otherwise, he would have been by now. When he managers have been here and it would like change captain and he never got it. Yeah, he's, he's been that, the one main yeah. captain. Appearance yeah, but he's been the one mainstay in the team. Like Ten Hag didn't want him. Ranić didn't. Oli didn't. Van Gaal didn't. Mourinho didn't. Ferguson didn't. Moyes didn't. You know what yeah. I mean? There's been a lot of change. Like, like Mourinho gave the captaincy to Ashley Young and people like that over De Gea. You know what I mean? Yeah. It says a lot. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I agree. It has to be Maguire. Yeah. But I don't think that should mean he stays in the starting eleven. I, I would love it if if it didn't mean that he has to, to, to play. Like, uh, there was captains... We've had captains, like, ageing captains, where... They, was Ashley Young captain for a season? Yeah, yeah he, Valencia, he like Noble at West Ham. But that's different here, though, isn't it? Because he, he should and, be playing because of how old he is and how much he cost. Yeah. What, Maguire? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't know whether he... Let's say Martinez and Varane. Um, like, there was times last season, for example, it's better to use last season than for opening two games. Mm. There was times last season where Varane and Lindelof had a good partnership going when Maguire was injured. Um <laughs> Then Maguire came back from injury straight into the team, like straight into the team alongside, uh, alongside Varane. There was he got pl- played last season more than he should, and it yeah. seems like it's probably going to be the, um, this the same. Literally, it was the the captain's privilege. I don't think I wish that he didn't have that. I'm completely fine with him having the captaincy, but I think he should be be played on merit, merit, not because he is the captain. Yeah, because think... literally, in terms of leadership, we don't see. I mean, he's not. He's not. He's not um, grabbing the. He's not lifting the players. He's not stopping a uh, stopping an absolute meltdown. So what is he doing as a, as a captain? The yeah. players don't even respect him as it's coming out on the. Um, it comes out in numerous articles. So literally, what is he doing? So he shouldn't have the privilege if he's not going to actually show leadership. Leadership, or the, if the players don't respect him, then he shouldn't get the privilege of the captain because he doesn't hold it together when the team is performing badly. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. It's just as yeah, like it's, like we said, there's no really better options there. It's just because of how much he costs, and it'd be humiliating to the club, especially like last season. It was still only his what third season at the club to drop someone like that already. Would have seen, would have been really bad. So I don't know. It's just a bit of a funny one. Um, 
But like, like I've said, I'm, I'm, I'm bored. We've, we've said, talked about it so much before. Yeah, I've just had it. Yeah, definitely. But like these talking points that you have to keep bringing them up because it's the same issue, isn't it? It's the same talking points. Yeah, I wish it was something. Di- I wish it was something different. Yeah. I wish. I wish like... it was like, yeah, we couldn't finish or something like. Well, we can't finish, but yeah, when you when you're shipping four goals, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, about, like a you bad can't really comment on performance it. or something. Or yeah, something. just something <laughs> yeah, different. Just this something is something different, different though. This is something different coming up. Segue. Is Martinez too small? You know, no. that's a, that's a that's a that's a problem that yeah, we that we. But the same one that we've also been hearing about for the last month since he signed for us before it even kicked. Yeah, ball. yeah. Um, no, it... I don't think so. Is my answer. He's not, is he? But there's been great defenders before. Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or playing in Italy. He was five foot eight, five foot eight, five foot nine. Yeah. Like if you quite if your quality's there, it doesn't matter. Like Carragher did a little piece again on Monday Night Football mentioning how. Brentford and Brighton have gone long more against United than they did last season, and that's got to be because of Martinez. But I don't mm. think it has. I think it's just putting us under pressure, to be honest. But I don't. I, I think it's too soon to say because he wasn't particularly any more horrendous than anyone else in the Brighton or the Brentford game, was he? Yeah, I think it is. It's a weakness, like for sure. I mean, when you're in a corner and you're five foot nine instead of being, you know six foot three it's obviously gonna be a weakness but yeah. that united are gonna have to deal with but like i say it's like being small it's gonna have some benefits it's gonna have some weaknesses like he's gonna be more mobile he's gonna be more agile than typically uh that what a taller player uh would be able to change direction quicker than if, yeah. he, if, if he was taller like it has it has it has benefits and it, it, it has its weaknesses i do feel like um it was an issue on the actual goal itself, the third goal where the ball went in. But to be honest, I think a bigger issue was he didn't know where the ball was. So we didn't even bother challenging because he he didn't know where the ball was. He was trying to look over his shoulder to see it and he didn't even jump. So people are saying that's a hard Which issue. one was the third goal again? The third goal was the corner where it came oh, in. Oh, and he Ben, me, ben me, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that Yeah, and Mee's there, and he's yeah. clearly taller, clearly stronger than him, but he doesn't know. He doesn't even bother challenging for the ball. So I think we didn't even see him compete against Ben Mee because he didn't know where the ball was. So I'd understand people saying it was a height issue if he had a jump yeah, like, for, for the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but this is this is the thing. that it's, it's just because he's a Man United player. Like You look at every centre-back in the league, Apart from Van Dijk, none of them are complete, are they? That's why Van Dijk's such yeah. a freak, because he's quick, he's strong, he's good on the ball, he's good aerially. When you look at John Stones, he's not the quickest. That's a big weakness. Mm. Laporte's the same. Diaz, for as good as he can be in that City team, he's not the best on the ball. You know what I mean? Matip's really slow. Like, all these yeah. top centre-backs, do you know what I mean? Like, Ramos was really rash and could put a bad tackle in. Thiago Silva's quite slow. Like everyone's got mm-hmm. some kind of problem. Like that's why Van Dyke and like players like Rio and like there's such phenomenons because he was so complete and they only come around every like ten or fifteen years. But every centre back or every defender, every footballer has some flaw. Like no one's perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. even even like Messi and stuff. Messi's not strong. That's a flaw. Ronaldo yeah. Ronaldo's not you know the best with the ball. He's not the best passer or whatever, or the best dribbler anymore. Mm. That's a flaw. And I'm not saying he's got he's got that level of technical ability to 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 take away from his flaws or his weaknesses. 
But it's just because as a Man United player, and it's just such an easy narrative to jump on straight away. Oh, it's because of his height. Oh, it's because of this. What, because he's lost one or two headers and, you know, he's been pushed off the ball a couple of times. It happens to absolutely everyone. It's just because it's an easy narrative and it's lazy. That's all I think it is. Like, yeah, he's yeah. five foot nine. He's not, the, he's not the tallest, but he's still quite stocky. He's still quite built. He's not a fucking pussy, is he? Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's built like a rake. Yeah. So Yeah, and he's aerial. The stats don't really... In, in terms of... I think in Eredivisie, it's like uh, you're still going to... When, when the ball's in the air, it doesn't matter in terms of quality, Prem quality versus Eredivisie quality in terms of winning the ball in the air because the ball's there... The high, the, the it, it, I don't yeah, see yeah, exactly, how yeah. the Premier League is going to be so different. To, uh, to, it's the to most the physical league. league in the world. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, exactly. Every, like, the average height is probably the same yeah. in Holland as it is here. Yeah. yeah, but what what I do worry about in general, and now it, it might seem like it, it's 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 because Martin is small, but I, it just leads me on to this: the the team in general is a lot smaller. Yeah. Which I do worry about in from set pieces because we were terrible from from set pieces uh, last season, and if you take out Matic, if you take out Pogba, I don't know if I've talked to yeah. this in the podcast before, we but are. we've we've lost oh. big, we've lost some tall players. Now we've gained a uh, a centre back that is, that is smaller as well. In general, the team is is poor, and we were poor from set pieces. I know organisation is probably more important than than overall height. Yeah. But I think it, it may be an issue in terms of, in general, the the the, the lack of height because it is a quite a small team. If McTominay isn't playing, and I do think that's why McTominay gets games. Yeah, but that's like... one of his good attributes. Excuse me, it's not even the lack of height; it's just a lack of physicality in general. I think. Yeah. Like. Um... I think he played Ericsson at that DM role for a bit more technical ability and getting that ball on the half turn that Fred McTominay can't do. But then he got bullied off the ball a lot because he's not good physically. That's just not one of his attributes. Yeah. And it just is in general. Shaw's fairly strong. Delo's not at all. Um, De Gea isn't. Fred isn't really. Bruno's a fucking rake, isn't he? Sancho's mm. pretty light- lightweight. I'd say Rashford's fairly strong. But yeah, like seven out of that 11 are really not good. But, Rashford's when, strong, but he closes his eyes every time he has to head the ball. Like, does I mean, he's not... <laughs> oh yeah, not noticed yeah. that. But yeah, he, I mean, in, in terms of like going for fifty fifties and shoulder barges, he is quite big, isn't he? He's quite a hench. Bro. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think if your team's that good technically, it doesn't matter. Like you look at the the City teams, they lack a lot of physicality in midfield. Like Rodri, mm. Bernardo Silva, and Kevin De Bruyne. Like KDB is probably the most physical out of all them, and he's the most advanced one. Do you know what I mean? Rodri's a DM. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. it matters as long as you're good enough technically and you know what you're doing. You know, you look at who else have they got? I don't know. Grealish isn't physical at all. Mares, how lightweight is he? The only one really is Haaland. Before that was Jesus, and he's he's pretty lightweight as well. So I think if the technical ability is there and the game plans out, it doesn't really matter. But it has to be on yeah. such a level to get past that. Because you look, Liverpool are a really physical team, and that's one of their strengths, isn't it? You know, their pace and their and their strength and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. we've not got either. We've not got loads of physical players and we've not got many good footballers either. So it's just kind of an in-between where it's... Yeah, like I say, it doesn't affect City, shit. but I think it probably does affect us when the game's going against us. Like, we can get dominated and crumble. And I think that lack of... If you've got a lot of players that are very, very combative and uh, and physical, I think it can help when the game is going at a little bit against yeah it yeah put to... a challenge in and win the ball back in midfield exactly. of course it can yeah not yeah. only that it gets the crowd off the feet if you put like a big big challenge in it raises the 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 crowd i think martinez is probably 
even though uh, he hasn't probably had the, the well, he hasn't had the best start, but uh, he's still. We, you've seen him flying into flying into a few challenges, which is uh, which has been been nice to see at least. Yeah, I don't um, think that's so gonna. He, sorry, I don't think it's gonna change though, because like Ten Hag's style of play, he doesn't want physicality, does he? Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean. So I think it's always gonna be like this. It's just that the players aren't good enough technically yet. Yeah, pretty much. So we've we've talked a lot about about the game, and there was a lot to talk about. But I think we've covered all the main points. But yeah, we can I think, now that, talk I think about... that's forty odd minutes. That's more than enough yeah. for me. Fuck me. Boy, 40, forty minutes. Of I was ranting. hoping it was ten. Yeah, <laughs> but we can. I mean, it doesn't get much better, unfortunately. Dill. Um, we're no, going to talk about the, the striker options that we've been linked to. Uh, let's. Tr- we've got a lot to talk about. Let's try and make this as brief as as, as possible, and okay. just see whether these would be good signings or not. Mm-hmm. Four strikers I've got down here. The first one being that has come today, which is Vardy. So obviously, thirty-five <laughs> years of age. Um, it's a classic Man United, oh shit, signing, um, and just signing for the short term. Yeah, uh, we've said about Ronaldo, you don't care if he leaves, but mm-hmm. we would, would want the the right replacement in at, at least. Yeah, not just anyone. Is Vardy that 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 man? No, he was injured for a lot of last <laughs> season. I mean, he still had a pretty good goal record at, towards the end of last season. Don't get me wrong. I think he was up there in terms of strikers in the prem, but I don't, I don't get it. Like we were linked to Werner as well. Apparently, we made a little bit of a cheeky bid for him before he went back to Leipzig, and he's a similar kind of striker of a getting behind, it's one touch, two touch, bang, finish. He's not a, someone who holds a ball up or kind of is fluid and moves out to the left or moves out to the right with the wingers. It just, it doesn't. If it like, if it made sense, and you actually think, yeah, that could, you know, he's a bit old. He might only play ten. Like this is the thing: if we do keep Ronaldo and keep Martial, then a player like that might only be playing twenty games a season. So you'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But he doesn't even fit the style of play that he wants. So it just yeah. makes no sense to me. So Darwin, no, stay away. To interject, Darwin Nunes has just been sent off. Has he? My, um, my stream's just FPL gone down. As captain. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you get? It should yeah, technically, technically he's just should... knotted him. To be fair, he has, has just he? knotted him. That's fucking uh, brilliant. Let's have a look. Does it make contact? Yeah, that's a head. That's Wait, a man, what 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 time are you on? I'm on fifty six. Bang on now. 56, 50, 56. So you'll see it in a minute. Right. But anyway, while you watch that, I'll. Sorry, I'll that's brilliant. Talk about Paddy, Paddy Murphy said he was going to get a hat trick. That's my content made after this podcast. So. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, Go he's, on. but Vardy is not the right type of player at all, is he? To to like you say, plays off the shoulder of the last defender. Really, well, he's lost a bit of pace now. To be fair, so he's not even as strength. good as what he was. Yeah, the 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 the, the classic how Leicester won the title ball over the top, Vardy run, running in. He's he's not even got that. He's lost a little bit of pace. He's still relatively fast, but he's he's, he's just not the right type of football. And like, like you said, I think you said on a previous podcast, it's worrying that the players that we are linked to, because, I mean, Ten Hag, you think, would understand his system more than any... I can't see him working in a Ten Hag system at all. Like, I don't get it. He doesn't... Like you say, he doesn't... He's not great at link-up play. Plays off the shoulder of the last defender. Uses pace to get in behind. Like, I don't... I don't get why we're linked yeah, to that. Yeah, he's quite, quite a one-dimensional forward, isn't he? Don't get yeah. me wrong, he's great. And he's one of the best English strikers of like his generation, to be honest. He's been a very underrated footballer. Um, and his journey to the top's been amazing. But he's just not what we need. Sorry, I'm just seeing this. Oh, my stream keeps going down on the exact moment the headbutt's about to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've had three streams up now and I've still not seen the headbutt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There we go. But... I've seen it now. Joachim Anderson yeah, so... as well. He's great. Another one is um, 
now I might be pronouncing this wrong, but Sasha Klazic, I'm going to yeah. call him. Um, so he's 25 years old, plays for Stuttgart. Um, now, this is another one that I just don't understand. First of all, I don't think he's he's that good. He's basically on like a, a goal every every two games, I think. That's not that um, bad when you think about it. It's not that bad, but the, the, the thing that is the worst for me is... He's only had one season in the last five. He's very injury prone. Where, is that what you're yeah, going to say? Where he hasn't, yeah, where he hasn't been injured for a significant spell. Yeah, why he's is very that injury kind of, prone? He's 25 years old. Plays for obviously for, for for Stuttgart. Very injury prone. Hasn't got the the. I mean, he's got an okay goal to game ratio, but it's nothing fantastic. Like I don't understand why there's, there's better players out there. Like, I don't understand why we're linked to him. And he's the youngest. Or we're linked to him, and then the rest are, like, pretty old, you know. I mean, tw- the two next players that we're going to talk about are 29 years of age, which is not too old for for a striker. But you get, you're getting... There's no resale value or anything like that. There's, like, the, um, it's the last one. big contract. Yeah. I um, think with Kalajic, he's, he's, he's good in terms of what he does. He's a much more, you know, hold up the ball, kind of play people in which is what you'd think he wanted. Like when we were talking about Ten Hag and striker targets three or four weeks ago when we thought we were actually going to sign some more players, we went about like how we use Haller and how we could do with someone similar to that. Um, so I think he would fit that mould. But obviously his injuries are a worry, but I'd still rather him than Vardy, if I'm going to be honest. I think it's a yeah, bit, yeah. bit more <laughs> promising. And like we said, if Ronaldo stays and Martial stays, he's not going to be the main number nine anyway. So it's not going to be the worst thing ever if he is out for a month. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously it wouldn't be ideal. But um, I'd just rather that because it probably costs about the same, and there's way more potential there. Yeah, yeah. Who've we got I mean, next? Um, I've got Murata next. Yeah, I wouldn't um, hate it. I would. I I actually wouldn't. I think again, he's he's quite good on the ball, holding up the ball. Doesn't get you many goals. Um, something just happened in the Liverpool game. Yeah, Diaz just scored. Brilliant. Banging from Fuck off. Just, just outside that fucking the... Nunes sent off. Sake. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't hate... I'd rather Murata than Vardy. Anyway, that's all I'll say on it. I'd be quite quick with these. Yeah, uh, Murata, I, I wouldn't like. Do you I know mean, what we should do? What... We should rank yeah. them at the end. We'll rank yeah, them. that's what that's what I was thinking. Or yeah. just say what the, what the what your favourite would be. Because, okay. I mean, it's ranking... I don't like any of them. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he's been on loan for the last two years to Juve. Atleti, Atleti don't want him. Like, I don't get why constantly. they got him back, though. He's such a, like, is, is he like a money launderer? Is that what his career is? Because he like, goes no. to clubs that don't want him. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, why does, yeah. he's, he's never going to work out Atletico Madrid. And then Juventus want him back as like the Ronaldo, but like a kind of Vlahovic backup and Ronaldo replacement. It's just fucking weird. I don't get what these clubs see in him. And he goes for yeah. big money still as well. Like He still goes for like 30-odd mil. Yeah. I would, yeah, I, I don't mental. get it. And to, I don't think he's had a he hasn't had a good season in, in in a long time. I don't think he was great. Well, he was poor at Chelsea. Flopped at Chelsea. Yeah, nine goals, nine goals in thirty five games in last season in Syria. I know Juve don't score a lot of goals, but that is that is it's not poor. great. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it at all. I don't understand why we're linked to this that is type a superb goal profile. Me. Uh, this profile of player, like, and the next up is Icardi. I mean, no, he's bottom for me. He's bottom. 
Yeah, he's an absolute bellend for one. I don't know why we're linked to absolute bellends. Yeah, more of them. Yeah. Him and Rabiot, fuck me. The, the the arguments he has with his missus, where his missus calls him out for cheating on Instagram and shit. <laughs> yeah, Fucking imagine mental. Tom and them both. They're like one of them couples that are like, have a row, they'll slap each other and then they'll just shag and get over it. Do you know, like people <laughs> yeah. like that will fucking hate yeah. you and then they'll end up loving each other again. Like, yeah. he cheats on her. She go, she goes off on one on social media, and the next day they're posting selfies in bed with each other naked. Like there's fucking like psycho. It's mental, man. But yeah, other than and, that, he's not a very good footballer either. So and he's yeah. won a lot of money. It probably won the most out of any of them, I'd say. Yeah, in 2021, he had three different injuries. Like so, he he basically didn't play at any games, and then he was disciplined. So he's not in the team anyway. He hasn't started this season in the team because of disciplinary issues. Um, and he's not played a full season since the 1920 season so i mean a couple of seasons just not playing hardly any football whatsoever so i mean he's just not just wouldn't want him so do you want to rate it one to four or do you want to just say what your favorite one would be i'll, I'll rate it one to the four and then you okay. can do what you want so last is is um sorry icardi by some distance third mm. is vardy um second is maratta and have kalajic first i feel like you're um, gonna have vardy first no, no, no. Uh, I, I think Vardy's. I, I'd have Morata first, just yeah. Because of that. I was. I it was is, close. It was close. And don't get me wrong. I still wouldn't rate it higher than a four out of ten signing. Yeah, but he's, he's top. Mm-hmm. Icardi, I'd put you know, zero. Vardy, I'd put maybe three. And in fact, I'd put Vardy at two, Morata at three, and then Klasic. I don't know. He's an unknown, isn't he? He's a big question mark. I'd yeah. put him as three just because I think that we could sign him on high wages. He could be injured for most of the part and then we've got another player that... Don't I don't think he'll be just... on big wages though because he's not going to be on a lot of Stuttgart. They're in the... Um, yeah, true. You know, the Bundesliga Zwei or whatever it was, whatever they call it yeah. over there a couple of seasons ago or last season or the season before. So, and United do have a big habit of hiking players' wages up for no reason but I genuinely think he'd be on no more than 50k a week to be honest. Yeah. Which could be yeah, good. That, and like, that's what I mean. Like, It'd be a better stopgap than Vardy because I think he fits the team better. And then if we have him for a season and it doesn't work, you've still got a bit of resale value. He's only 26. He's not, he's not on loads of money. You know, and you low... if he gets injured, though. No, I know that's a risk, but there's more chance of having a good resale value for him over any other player in that list. Yeah, and he, and yeah. he costs less and beyond way less money than all the other three. But I also don't think he's amazing. Like, he hasn't, had a, he hasn't got a... Good. He's got an okay gold game. No, but that's what I'm saying. At least, at least he fits fits a system a bit better than Icardi and Vardy, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'd have him top. I think it's the lowest risk, to be honest. Yeah. In terms of what money you're spending, but that, it doesn't really. We're scra- Yeah, I know. No, we're scraping the back bottom of the barrel anyway. It's all fucking elementary in it. We don't really want yeah, any yeah. of them. But he'd be my choice of the shit. Yeah. So we've talked about incomings. Let's now talk about one potential outgoing and oh like oh my god, I can't believe it. This is this is the been out of a, a a week of absolute shiteness, this has actually been the thing that has probably disappointed me and infuriated me the most. And that is James Garner. Apparently this is Simon Stone, you know, tier one sort yeah, of tier he only, two, I guess. He, he, no, he only says something when he knows that's how boring yeah. he is. Like Fabrizio ta- Yeah, tap emerging. Like Fabrizio yeah. and Laurie Whitwell and David Ornstein will tweet like be agreed for Frankie de Jong and then three days later he'll tweet I've heard a freeze agreed for Frankie de Jong do you know yeah. what I mean like he's, he's, he's useless because literally the only place he gets his information is like club briefs I don't think he has any other sources because he's BBC isn't he so yeah, you have to be exactly. kind of cut and dry on you know it's a national fucking 
sports service, isn't it? So you can't really speculate with stuff like that. Yeah, um, so Manchester United are open for Ghana leaving on a permanent basis. We're not talking loan. We're talking, you know, with a with a fee. Gone. Like letting everyone know what permanent means. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, in case I, you didn't I didn't, know at home, I didn't fully the football introduce experts the, the, are here. I didn't fully introduce it. I just said James Garner, and then I don't think I, I, I finished. Uh, I didn't. Uh, so yeah, I was just making making it clear. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think at this point, I, I just wonder: is this is this sabotage going on? I know it's obviously not, but it's it's that is is mental to me. My, Garner, I looked into this, he's been at the club since under eights. Yeah. Like, he obviously, we talk about people not caring. He would he would care. And in terms of the ceiling that he has, you've got McTominay there. The ceiling of Garner, we don't know how good he can be. I don't think he's, he's that he's, high. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think he'll be any more than a solid Premier League midfielder. He's, he's 21, isn't he? He's yeah. Just from 21 years old, and he was... Uh, in a, in a campaign that got Norwich promoted, he was one of their Norwich. best players. Yeah, uh, so no, <laughs> Forest <laughs> promoted. Yeah, no, I do um, think he's good. I just don't think he's going to be like a fucking skulls reincarnation like some people act out when they've never seen him play more than once. But the, uh, so there's a question mark there for me. I don't know how good he can be. And yeah, for yeah. him no, get, not yeah, to be that. given the opportunity, not not to give be given an opportunity. That's the most crazy thing Mm -hmm. like there's a question mark there and it's going to be an unanswered question mark if you if you get rid of him whereas McTominay is an answered is an answered question you know how good he can be you know his limitations you know he's not good enough and yet you'd let James Garner go when I would I would say I'm 90% sure that he would be a better player than he will become a better player than McTominay I think 90% sure I think the um the thing that comes down to that, though, like the answer to that question is, McTominay doesn't have any resale value, and no one wants him. People would buy Garner. I think, I think that's it. To be honest, I don't think anyone would really yeah, want but... McTominay in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, but you talk about resale value. Let's say he has one good season in the Prem. Yeah. What, what would the re- what the, would the resale value be then? It would be much more if we're selling him for resale value before he's tried and tested in the Premier League. Yeah. We, no. ju- you're selling a, a Championship quality young lad. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I did, I did. you're going to get 15 million watt for him, probably around that. Yeah. That's it. I'm not that bothered about him. It's more that he's not even been given a chance. And again, is, is Ten Hag having to sell academy products that he actually would want to give a chance and we've got money to spend on other players, which would be mental. You know, scraping a barrel for 15 million quid so we can sign someone else, do you know what I mean? Or go out and get one of these strikers. That's just a bit oh. mental to me. Um, but in on, terms of on... his, his ability and stuff... I think he will be a good player, and I am surprised he's never had a go. But if Ten Hag isn't that convinced and he's happy to sell him, then that says all I need to know, to be honest. But I do get where you're coming from. Like, when you've got players not... as bad as McTominay and Fred and they're staying, I do get it. But not only that, I think it's, it's think it, there's so many levels to it why it's wrong for me. One academy player been there since eight. The question mark of how good he can be in the Premier League. I also think, in terms of, he's obviously more of a box to box. People think he's like a, a a DM that just sits. He's not really that. But I do think he has the best defensive attributes of any midfielder that we do have, which is that's what we need right now. In terms of, like for example, I I don't know why at the weekend we would put on McTominay after he had the worst game against Brighton with have him, have him sitting on the bench. Maybe like, it's physicality, like we said earlier, because Garner's really, really lightweight. 
Like he's really lightweight, lightweight, but he, no, I disagree with that. He's lightweight, but he puts himself about. He puts puts in a challenge. He's not one that mm. shies away from it. And I think that that mentality, that commitment that that you show is is probably more important than actual, you know, the physique of him. To yeah, be honest. true. Yeah, I just I, I would have liked to see him be given a chance at the number six just once, just to see how he could do. Like at home to a Bournemouth or a Fulham or someone like that, and just see how he fares. Like I'm surprised he hasn't been given a chance, but he didn't get that many minutes in pre-season either, did he? Which I think was he was injured for a oh, he was injured part, for, Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm ju- I'm just upset he's never going to really get a chance to do that. Shame. But yeah, I'm... again, I'm not that bothered. It's more the principle. Oh, of, it's more the principle that he's not been given a chance. If he'd been given a chance, I wouldn't really care at all. But um, maybe I'm just numb to it now, Deck. I don't know. But it's not really going <laughs> to bother me, to be honest. Yeah, no, that that bothered me more than the result, honestly. Really? Definitely not for me. Definitely not. uh, Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we've talked striker, the Garner leaving. Uh, So let's go completely away from United now and talk about uh, Graham Souness. Mm -hmm. But we will come back for it for like a Liverpool prediction and stuff. But let's go for, at least we're going to talk about something else. So don't say this is a United podcast because we do talk about other things. And we're going to talk (laughs) about Graham Souness um, and his comments regarding, well, it wasn't regarding women's football. It was, it was, it was talking about, uh, I I don't know what game he was commenting on. It was, it was a Chelsea Spurs game. Well, he was on about both the Super Sunday games, but I think more so the Chelsea Spurs game. Yeah. Yes. So the the comment that, that had a lot of uproar was he said, it's a man's game. Now, is that acceptable comment to make? Do you think, or is that is uh, should it be cancelled? <laughs> I think it's ridiculous, man. So, yeah. I, like, I, I hate Graham Souness. I said this today. I really dislike him. How he spoke about Pogba, United players in general, and just how much of a cunt he can be on that, like on Sky Sports about United. I really, really don't like him. But for once, I actually stand with him on something. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. He was talking about two men playing football. He was on about the tackle, saying it was a man's game today, like how they, like it wasn't kind of like how it has been in the last few years where it's gone a bit softer and it's a bit more, you know, people diving and stuff like that and people playing for fouls. He means it's like how it was when he played. And he's talking about he let 22 men playing football. So what do you expect him to say? It, it was a person's game today. Like, yeah, the phrase yeah. it's a man's game might be a bit old-fashioned and stuff, but it's so far from the most sexist thing I've heard anyone say about women's football in the past month, ne- never mind in the last yeah. 10 years. Do you know what I mean? People say way worse than that. So I just I think it's just people getting upset over nothing. And this is the other thing with women's football. I'm not interested in watching it. I'm just going to say it because the quality of it is poor. There's different mitigating factors for that. You know, the fact that there's not been any funding, the fact that it's quite new at this level for, for women's football at this level is quite a new thing, especially in this country anyway. Mm. So... Like, obviously, the quality is going to be poor. That's just part and parcel of it, and that will take time. And it's wrong that it's been underfunded for so long and it's not been a priority of the government, the FA, and the Premier League. But people can't speak their mind on stuff anymore. And obviously, you have to say stuff within reason, and you can't just go out and say what you want all the time because it's going to hurt people, and I understand that, and I'm not a fucking idiot. Like, uh, but... It, it, you can't just be honest about anything anymore. You have to say, oh, that was a great game of football or I really enjoyed that. Otherwise, you're sexist. Like, I just don't understand it. Why can't you just say what summer it is? Like, I just yeah. I just think it's gone a bit mental now. And I'm not one of these people, or PC going mad, all this shit. 
Like on my TikTok page, I've made multiple videos that you've probably seen before, defending black footballers, gay footballers, people who put abusive comments in my comment section that I don't think is okay. So this is far coming from a person who's one of the least brought up. People say this and usually are racist or whatever, but I'm genuinely, I'm one of the, I've got no prejudice towards anything at all ever. I want everyone to just have a nice time and that's it and I'm not bothered where you come from, what colour your skin is, if you're fat or if you're a woman or if you're a man or whatever. But like, I just don't get how people are so offended by it. And like these female footballers that have been tweeting and slamming Graham Souness need to be looking at the actual fucking issue and calling out governments and the Premier League and the FA and, and football clubs for giving you minimal funding, bad facilities, paying you poorly. Not people that are just yeah. making a passing comment on Sky Sports. This is the thing with society nowadays. People would rather focus on a couple of little buzzwords in a little statement and tweet about it than focus on real issues. Like, I know this is a football podcast, but how much a mess our country's in at the minute and everything that's going on. Yet you see more people bothered on social media about two words that a fucking 70-year-old football pundit said about a football match. Like, it's just absolutely mental to me that these things get more attention. And Graham Sooners had to put an apology out today, which I think is an absolute disgrace. And he actually did say in his Daily Mirror Mail article on Mirror that he actually doubled down on what he said, and that's not what he meant, and he's going to stick to it. He's not retracting his words, and good for him, because I hate the bloke, but I don't think he said anything wrong. Sorry, that was a very long rant, but um, I just talk <laughs> no, about no, society I, in general. I, I don't know I agree. what you think. I I agree, and uh, like to, to I agree with everything you said, and to kind of add to it, I think being angry at things like that where there's not and there shouldn't be an issue there actually detracts from the genuine. Yeah, exactly, issues. exactly. Like, then for my... example, I think it is an issue that, like, you could say the stigma that all girls that play football are lesbians. You could say that that's a stigma that that is is not good that needs to change yeah like that that like having that i mean it detracts from just issues <clears throat> in the women's game like just focusing on that and it is detrimental um to to women's football in general because <clears throat> you can't it's only going to turn people against women's football it's like if, if it's only going to be like oh you oh, women's football oh, you can't you can't say anything like you, you'd be bloody scared to watch it unless you unless you say oh man on or something like that i mean yeah exactly exa time... exactly yeah yeah or the if like, you slipped times... up and said oh i don't like lads or some or boys by yeah. accident you're gonna get cancelled for just a, a like a freudian slip because graham Sooness is used to talking about men's football he's been doing it all his life so and in, in like you say uh, like like you said, it's a it might be a cultural issue, but that it has to change culturally and not be acceptable before it's not acceptable for Sooness to say it. For example, mm -hmm. you know, it's to say it's a it's say it's a a man's game or man up. For example, that's another expression that's that's used quite a lot. That has to it has to be a cultural thing that changes over time before you can't just say you can't just it can't just become a problem overnight because because uh, the women's game is, is becoming more accepting, more people are watching it, because it hasn't been a problem. It's just all of a sudden been a problem because in England, the, the women's game has become more prominent because we've won, uh, because we won the Euros. Like, and now we're going to make something an issue before it's changed culturally. Yeah. Like, it, things have to change culturally before we can actually... Oh, so I just missed. Uh, before, <laughs> um, before we, we should like have a go at people that, that use those expressions so it is we both got in complete agreement on it that, that how ridiculous it is and i think it is a shame because i think it's it, it, it negatively impacts the women's game and i think it takes away from the genuine issues that they that they do yes yeah. and i think 
like um, this isn't I don't know if this is a bit controversial but like the female footballers that are putting these statements out need to actually look at the bigger picture and I'm sure they do move for change in the women's game for more funding and stuff like that but this is just more of a reflection on society and social media that you hear about what Graham Sooness said more than about you know all these massive issues in football you know what I mean like Benjamin yeah. Mendy's all this shit came out on his rape case today I've seen more articles and more people tweeting about Graham Sooness than I have about a Premier League footballer raping like multiple different women, which yeah. is just mental. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like again, people just lap it up and maybe we're part of it from you know speaking about it now and making TikToks about it and tweeting about it. It just feeds a machine, doesn't it? Um, but I just think it's mad. Game's gone mad. Yeah, it's well, it's like well, total correctness. I think it's bigger than the game, isn't it? Yeah, well, at um, least that was a little light-hearted chat to cheer us up from United. <laughs> <laughs> Back to United then. So um, we oh, that Zaha we did predict is terrible, by the way. Sorry, sorry. That Zaha miss is awful. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Jesus, Backstick. that was worse than Rashford um, the week. Yeah, the the next. Well, last week we predicted what would happen in our next five games. I think I ended on I ended up on six points with a Brentford win. You ended up on five points with a Brentford draw. So taking that away, that means in our next four games, which is Liverpool, Southampton, no, yeah, Liverpool, Southampton, uh, Leicester, Arsenal, it would mean that I would be on three points, uh, and you would be on four. You would be on, yeah, you would be on four. So that would be that's relegation zone. Isn't yeah. it after after six games? Or well, in and we're in it now. We're rock bottom of the league. Oh bro. yeah, we're rock bottom <laughs> rock now. Rock bottom of the league. <laughs> Minus Fucking five goal hell. difference. It's a shocker, and it? it stinks. So, it, it, I mean, that just shows how bad. And just after six games as well, we're not talking, you know, Arsenal. They let's, lost let's the first three, it. didn't they? They lost, yeah, the, first they lost three. the first three. And everyone was, you know, kind of joking. I don't think anyone genuinely believed all. I know what? I actually thought they could end up finishing bottom half. They were that bad. Yeah. Did you? Um, I can't remember in my mindset at the time, but I think I was more just. Piling it, it on, yeah, rather it looked, than it did look that believing. shit though, like we did. Yeah, but it was it certainly wasn't relegation zone. And uh, people saying it about United, we're going to get relegated. We we won't like uh, we won't get relegated. <laughs> no, nah, no, omnius, but but um, but yeah, I I think I think we're in a worse situation than what Arsenal were, given the, the manner of the defeats, and I think given I mean I, we're now banking on a Southampton away win. We're now banking yeah. on Southampton away winning, and we haven't we haven't won away in the Premier. Well, we've lost every game in the, the in the Premier seven. League. The last seven now. I think the last so, time we won away in the Premier League was February. Christ. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it is it is terrible, and I think it is in a worse situation than Arsenal last season. Definitely because of them. So I think we it is it is a genuine. We definitely could finish. It, I think we could what, finish tenth. Yeah, if if you were to put a percentage on it for what we would finish bottom half, if you put a percentage of how sure right now, what would you, yeah, of how sure would would well, you can you can try and go positive, how <laughs> and say top yeah. half, rephrase it. How what percentage would you would you be that we would uh, finish top half? Eighty. Eighty. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go seventy-five, and then. Leave. But even then, it's mental, isn't 40. it, that we're not sure Manchester United are going to finish in the top ten of the Premier League? Yeah. And if Probably. we don't, do you think Ten Hag is still in a job? No. 
yeah. that's not mean saying he shouldn't be or he yeah. should be, but no. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think, think so. I think he might if it's if it's 11th. Um, yeah, we'll see. And I, but anyway, hopefully we don't have to to worry about that. Um, but I think the optimism will come after these six games. Oh, well, we've got Palace after that makes it seven. Um, maybe after that. <laughs> every game looks a hard game when you're this shit, though, bro, doesn't it? Like, every yeah, game that's goes, true, yeah. Like, you have Fulham away and you think, oh, Mitrovic up front, you know. Andres <laughs> yeah. They've just got promoted. You could be up for It's a hard again. Shocking touch in the box. Jesus, yeah. you should have a hat-trick. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just all bad, isn't it? So are we going to give our thoughts on the um, Liverpool game? That's it. Ju- ju- that's. I mean, I don't want to go too. I'm not giving it much thought. I can't be asked. Yeah. It's genu- It's a week away. We've I had an hour want... of chatting shit and being depressing exactly. already. So let's just go with a score prediction and okay. end it at that. Right. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go, man. So I'll give you a quick thirty seconds on why I think this. I'm going to be optimistic and go for a 1-1 or a draw. Purely because wow. I'm expecting... So at some point, someone has to give where Ten Hag finds something with him himself and the players do. Because it can't get any worse than this. This is rock bottom now. Like losing those two games. Liverpool have looked pretty poor. Nunes is going to be suspended now, as we know, which is good. Mm. Um, and like I said, they've genuinely... The gems, genuinely I hate it when people get those two words mixed, mixed up. They've generally looked pretty poor against Palace tonight because I've had my eye on it. Even when he had 10, 11 men, they didn't look good. Um, they've been, conceded three goals in two games. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Optimism. Um, yeah, I think the re- the, the, they don't look good. I agree, obviously. If, I mean, who knows what this will finish, but if they get the win or not, or if, if they lose. But, I mean, yeah, they haven't looked good in either game regardless. Um but I think that's going to be the difference between a 5-0 drumming and a 3-0 drumming, to be honest. I don't think... Uh, I think our players are at that lack of confidence that we are the worst team in the Premier League. Oh, and yeah, no. say we'll, yeah. We're going to find I'm just something. thinking it's something has to give. It's a bigger game. And, you know, even when Liverpool were worse, even worse than... Well, probably as bad as we are at the minute, if not a bit worse, generally. They'd still get up for these games and win the odd one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like Liverpool. We've seen Everton, United last season. We're not that team. No, I know. Like, but just we so... haven't been. Maybe, and it looks like the opening two games. We're not that team again. Yeah, I'm just trying uh, to have a what... bit of optimism for once, and just think something <laughs> has to give. It can't. Do you know what I mean? At some point, it's going to yeah. start going back up again. I just, I can't. We can't concede early because no, it'd be the confidence... carbon copy of the last two, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we do. I've got no confidence in us, in us fighting back. Obviously, so I think. If we can get to half time without conceding, yeah, I think we it, it, we might have a chance because at least then, if you do concede in the 60th, 70th, you're not going to crumble like you would. Hopefully, at least, uh, because you can still get you still time for you to get back in the game. That if you concede early, because if you concede early, it's like here we go again. Yeah, like we could be an absolute drumming. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go three nil Liverpool. Nice. It's it's bad when I'm being the optimistic one, Dirk. Yeah, that's when you know it's rough. Exactly. Fuck me. So, I mean, to end on that optimistic note, so we, we've got the one point of optimism. Dill predicts a draw. So, pelt us in the uh, in the TikTok comments if uh, <laughs> if we clip this. Um, I'm sure it will come yeah, out that... after we get battered seven 0 or something. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it up, won't we? But that concludes the uh, the episode. Thank you all for watching. As always, so you fun. can on all, all um, podcast 
on all podcast channels, I guess. Oh, dig- all digital platforms, you know. That platforms, that's the we, one. We know, don't we? Google, or Apple, fucking Spotify, TikTok, yeah. everywhere. And don't forget, like we said last week, even if you don't enjoy it, give us a five-star rating. Thank you very much. That's it. Yeah, yes. so Devil in the Detail podcast on all, all platforms. Spot on. I appreciate you guys for watching um, listen, or listening wherever you're whatever you're doing and we'll speak to you guys however you're consuming this podcast consuming yeah that's the one (laughs) and we'll see you guys next week see you later boys and girls ta-ta bye-bye